Hello, everyone. Um, this is not our usual way of doing these ex-player interviews, but I am joined by Lee Bell now. Hi, Lee. Hi, uh, you OK? I'm good. So you and I, uh, we're recording this a couple of weeks after we originally recorded the, um, the pod, but you sent me a message asking me to record a quick intro. Why is that? Yeah, I, I just want to um, dedicate and, and show our support to Ashton New, our... Uh, under 12 goalkeeper who's obviously you know going through a tough time along with his family at the minute and I, I just want to show some support you know not just me but a football club and other people to, to him and his family and just you know encourage people to get involved and um, and continue to show the unbelievable sport that they have done. Yeah you mentioned getting involved what what's been going on with Ashton recently because obviously we had our sort of competition raising money for bone cancer research in the UK what else has been going on, Lee? Yeah, there's been there's been fundraisers through various people. Um, you know, March for March, um, people are doing and, and fundraising. Was it the football club have decided to do? I think it's maybe a double marathon. So we're going to be running from Cresty Road to the Britannia Stadium from well the Bet Three Six Five now, isn't it? And then to uh, Vale Park, from Vale Park back to. Um, Back to Gresty Road, so I, I say I'm looking forward to that. It's uh, the training started already, um, but I think it's you know we've come up with it as a bunch of coaches. Uh, how can we help him and and show that we're giving his support? Like most things, people set up a, a, a just giving page, and you know the support through that and the messages, not only the donations but the kind mess messages um, that have been left. Um, are the things I enjoy reading and they get passed on to his, his, his family and it, it really gives them a boost, you know, to think that other people, not just in football, but the direct people he has contact with are, are there supporting him and thinking about him. So you just mentioned the Just Giving page. Is that the best way for people who want to help and get involved? Is that the best way for them to do that then, Lee? Yeah, it will, it will be. The, the link is on Twitter. Um, Again, I, I don't know exactly the details of the link, but the link, you know, I'll be tweeting that out again. Yeah, and again, we appreciate, you know, the time, times are hard in the world for the majority of people at the minute. Um, you know, small donation helps. Like I say, the nice messages are just as comforting as a donation. You know, if you want to get out there and, and do some fundraising yourself for, for Ashton and his family, we're here to support you if you need us to help you with that. Um, you know, we're here to do that as well. Um, but like I say, any any small donation, uh, how big or large, would, would be great. Um, and I know his, his family are, you know, are so delighted with the feedback they've had for, throughout um, trying to raise this money for Ashton. Yeah, and what we'll do is we'll pop that Just Giving um, bio in the podcast um episode so Brilliant. if you're listening to this on any of the platforms that'll be there if you do want to contribute to what lee just said then we'll put it into the uh into the bio thank you for that lee and we at the railway men podcast do echo what you just said and you know all the best it's a fair old uh, endeavor you've taken on there yeah no it's a lot of, puts what, what ashton's going through puts things into perspective whatever we're we're facing you know, with that run and, and trying to get fit and um, during that time, you know, there's no comparison. So, you know, just positive thoughts building up to it and positive thoughts throughout. We're going to enjoy it. Um, you know, we'll be taking pictures and videos 
during the run and posting them and sending them to Ashton and his, you know his family. Um, so we're looking forward to it. Really, are um, like I say, obviously COVID restrictions, but I don't know if they'll change near the time. But if people want to show support and, and get behind it, it'd be great. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Lee. Um, lastly, before we get on with the pod, this is being released at a later date than we originally planned. So for anyone listening, this is our last pod before Easter. Obviously, the Alex are playing on Easter Monday. So our next pod will be released Tuesday morning. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Railway Men Podcast. We're back with the latest in our ex-player interviews. Today I'm joined by Neil and Steve Hatton. How are you guys? Hiya. And we are joined by someone who it's fair to say has had a very important role, well, very important career with the club. Uh, he's played his part as a player in two promotions. He's now head coach of the under-18s. It's Lee Bell. Hi, Lee. Hi, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. The, the, they've been really good listens so far, and I'm, I'm pleased that you've asked me to come on. You're always going to have your own at some point, don't worry, Lee. If you've heard these before then, Lee, uh, then you'll know we'll always start at the same place. Uh, what are your first memories of football? How did you get into the game? And when did you realise that actually you were quite good at playing football? Um, my earliest memories, uh, perhaps Italian 90, um, but a lot of people around my age, I think, lie a little bit, say, oh, I remember that. And I, I, I don't. Um, I remember little bits of it, Gaza. Um, but then I, I started to play between that World Cup and USA 94. And I really remember USA 94. You know, England weren't there, were they? We weren't very good. Um, so I was playing a lot. I wasn't playing in a team um, in the early 90s. I was playing mostly with my cousins, etc. Um, and I just went to a training session one day, we'll say just Celtic. I think I was about eight. I think they were 16 or something. And one of the dads threw me a ball and I smashed it at him. And he went, do you play? And, and I was like, no. Um, he knew my dad. Next minute, I'm signing for a local Sunday league team, we'll say just Celtic. But I played in goals. <laughs> I went into goals. So uh, we had quite a good team. So at the first year of playing football was in goals. Um, and it just went from there, really. I just loved playing football. It was what you did every day in the garden, in the street. You know, back then you could go out and play in the street, street lamps, you know, everyone off the estate come out, 20 side, you know, the usual story. Um, and it just went from there, really. So how old are you when you joined Crew? How old sort of are you when you realised Crew are interested? What was the story there? Well, I, I, like I said, I played under nine in goal for All Sage Celtic. Um, but I was never really happy. Um, again, we were a good team, um, some good players. Um, and I played the odd game outfield. Um, so then the year after I played outfield, I played up front and I sort of went from there. I, I did a year at Stoke, which I really didn't enjoy. Um, it wasn't particularly run quite. It wasn't run very well. It's brilliant now. They're set up, they've got now, but, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't ran brilliantly, um, and I just didn't enjoy it. I went, I went to France with them. I won the Kiel Classic, and it just—I'm not sure what happened. I just didn't go one day. I don't think, and that was it. 
Um, they didn't hold my registration or anything. Um, and then the year after that, I uh, rejoined Celtic, played. We happened to play on a competition, um, Cheshire Lads and Dads, on the pitch. They used to do that before they, you know, tore it up at the end of the season. Um, bit of a scouting mission from the club. Um, and I, I did particularly well, and, and Dario was there doing the presentations. And one of the one of the uh, the dad says he quite likes you. He wants he's going to get in touch, and they did. They, however, they got in touch with my parents. Um, I went for a trial, and I didn't think I did particularly well in the trial. They were training it. Uh, I can't remember what it is. It's someone's farm. It was like their back garden. They made into really good pitches, and uh, I went, and it was a real eye opener. The training was completely different. It was technical, um, and I didn't think I did particularly well. Uh, if I'm honest, um, and I'm just pleased that the coaches won me in that competition and didn't—I don't think they particularly judged me from my trial period. Um, and I was lucky enough at the end of that trial period, they they offered me a you know a, a contract for, for I think it was just for the year originally, and then and that was under twelve. Right. That was so. Then obviously you're in the academy. Um, we've heard before that there's lots of stories of Dario taking part in the training himself, and that's why a lot of the young players go to crew because they realise the training is quite good, especially like you've just said, compared to what you might have seen at Stoke. What sticks out or who sticks out in your mind in that academy system when you were there? Well, it, it was Dario because he offered us the contract, well, my dad, the contract signature, whatever it is, registration. And uh, he was the only one that I really dealt with to begin with. He was taking the training sessions. He was then getting the lads to come to the first team games and come in um, in half terms and, and things. So in my opinion, all I saw was really him. And then there was Steve and there was Neil, um, who, who, you know, I didn't really cross path with that, that much when I was younger. Um, it was just Dario. Um, he did do the under 12s. And then as he, as it, for the years went on, he went on to do the under 14s. He, he wanted to do them as the lads when they were slightly older. So it was him. And uh, I must say it was tough. Um, that first year I found really, really tough. Um, you know, going from playing lads and dads and scoring millions of goals to playing five minutes. <laughs> you know, it was tough. It really was tough. I think it's, at some point Dario thought, what have I done? I don't think, you know, I don't think he was rating me particularly after six months. Do you think that's a common theme? Because I, I seem to remember we, we sort of heard this quite a lot, like Trutel said that, he um, didn't really think that Dario was rating him. Is this something that Dario used to do, do you think, to players, to keep them on their toes? In, in, I can only speak for me. In my instance, probably not. Um, the, the group was a brilliant group. Ben Ricks, David Vaughan, Paul Edwards, Lee Westwood. The, you know, the, these were really good players. Uh, Dean Ashton played for our age group. Um, I'll probably miss one or two, apologise. Um, it was a real good group. Um, and truth be told, I probably wasn't at their standard, you know, when... I thought Ben Ricks was an unbelievable player and we competed for the same position growing up. Uh, if we had a Ben Ricks now, oh, wow, you know, he, he was a top player, Ben. Um, and I was way off that. I must have, I must admit, I remember sometimes training. We had that little AstroTurf beside the, uh, the the ground, if you remember it, with the big humps yeah. in it. And we'd be doing techniques and I'd just be thinking that I'm miles off this. And then we'd play a game and then I'd come into my own because I could run around. So... 
I don't think he did it to toughen anybody up, thinking he's going to be a footballer, I'm going to toughen him up. I think it was literally in my 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 case, I was behind the play, behind the better players. And then, um, well, I think most crew fans, if they're you know if they're not too familiar with who's in the academy, who's going to be coming up next, probably heard about you because of an on off field incident before you'd even played for the club. I'm not sure if you've listened to the Colin Cram episode. We've had his sort of viewpoint on that. I'm just wondering, what do you remember about that incident for yourself? What Because he said it happened and then it was over and then you made up again. Uh, is that how you remember it? It's That's exactly how I remember it. Listen, the, it, these type of things go on at a football club every day. Now, it shouldn't go on from a young scholar or whitey at the time falling out with a first-team player. That, that shouldn't happen. But it literally was five seconds and there was there was no punches or anything like that there was none of that and literally it was done and we that was it as far as we were concerned and what I'm led to believe later one or two spoke to the football club and basically didn't say what happened and that's why me and Crammy got in trouble uh, what I would say is Crammy was brilliant he phoned me the day that you know Dario told us what was going to happen he phoned me, it's not your fault. I was saying, no, it is. I shouldn't be saying anything to you, blah, blah. And as it happens, we played with each other later on in our careers. Uh, it was literally a five-second incident. And that happens every day at football clubs. And I'm not saying, you know, where you are in your career, that should be happening. But in first-team level, that happens all the time. It was literally nothing. So the possibility it was blown out of proportion. Massively. I mean- what I remember as a fan is that was quite instrumental in Crammy leaving the club, wasn't it? Or it seemed that way anyway. Um, I'm not sure is the honest answer. I think I think Crammy was was a highly talented footballer, it's very skillful and completely different to what we had. So I think Crammy wanted to be let loose a little bit more. And I think that probably had a role in him leaving because of, of how he was playing. Um, and he was a big character. And maybe that got suppressed a little bit and that had a bigger part. I don't think, because it was a while afterwards, I think he left. I can't really remember. Um, but like I say, we, we were fine. We were laughing and joking and training when I joined in with the first team because I was in and around it at that stage. Um, he was great with me. He, he was he was absolutely, you know, we get on fine when we see each other, you know, played at Bakes' testimonial. Um, it, it just got blown way out of proportion. Okay, so let's get on to your first team uh, debut then. You came on, I believe, the first game of the season, 2002-2003, away in Northampton as a sub. Um, Is that correct? Yeah, it is, yeah. I was getting a taste for it the year before, um, and there was rumours that was going to be making debut against Man City at home. I think it was Boxing Day, Um, and it got postponed. I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted. I, I I was pretty much told I was going to, either be a sub and get on or start. And I was absolutely gutted. So you sort of think, oh, I'm here now. I'm going to be playing. And I literally didn't get in the squad then after that. And, uh, you know, at the time, you're not really thinking about it. And and then I was dying, you know, we obviously got relegated. I was dying to play. I thought I was ready to play. And uh, we're doing a shooting practice. Um, And in the pre-season, it didn't look like I was going to be playing. Uh, You know, you're coming on as sub and you're starting and you're coming off in the games. Uh, and we had an unbelievable squad. We're doing a shooting practice and I just kept missing the target. <laughs> Dario went, you hit the target, you're going to be subbed tomorrow. So I just chipped it into the goalkeeper's hands. He started laughing, I started laughing and that was it. Yeah, I was sub. Um, wasn't really expecting it because of how pre-season had gone, I must say. Um, but yeah, we played Northampton. I think we drew one all, didn't we? 
Yeah, that's it. Sovo yeah. scored. Yeah, Sovs. Yeah, yeah, great player. I mean, yeah. If you've listened before, Lee, you'll know I've got every Sovo goal uh, imprinted in memory. <laughs> first best one, Swin- best one, Swindon away. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but I remember that one because you know Northampton we drew, and then the next game um, we lost at home to Colchester, and after being relegated, I think most Crew fans were like, "Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll walk this league." Bit of an eye opener. And then what happened in that third game uh, home to Colchester, Lee? Yeah, I think I think that made my debut. Um, that was the Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, play, and then was it the following Saturday we played Colchester? Yeah. Yeah. So then I come on, scored a goal. And it was brilliant. You know, it was it was just surreal. Um, come on, score a goal, home debut, score a goal, um, and then left in the stands the game after that, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had. I think there was a game in between that. I think there might have been Notts County. So, yeah. So there was sorry, there was Northampton. Yeah. Then Notts County, which we'd lost three 0 Yeah. I came, I came on as sub in that. Broke my nose. Um, <laughs> so it was the Colchester must have been before because it was my home debut anyway. The Colchester one. So the, then three games I was involved in. Um, and I scored the goal and we were playing Huddersfield and Huddersfield were the, one of the favourites, weren't they, to, to go up. And we played Huddersfield and I'm thinking I'm getting closer to starting the matches. You read the team out and the subs and I was on this, I was in the stand. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I actually couldn't believe it. Going back to the goal against Colchester, I remember it was um, a great goal. Sort of, Did it sort of sit up on the bounce from outside the area of our, and then you hit it, went top corner? Have I over-glamorised that? You made it sound a little bit better than it actually was, but it was, <laughs> no, it, I, I think uh, it was a little bit of play in midfield, and I think Dean shot and Robles intercepted it in the on the edge of the box. I'm saying I think I know he intercepted <laughs> it on the edge of the box, and I, I just moved. I just moved. I was no one was around me. I was in 10, 15 yards of space, and I just rolled onto it, and I just hit it, and I was right behind it, and it just curled back in, swerved back in and just missed the post. Goalie didn't move, ran off like an absolute plonker, hoping people were going to be running behind me and eventually they did um, to save my blushes. I was in the uh, Cresty Road end. I think you're selling it a bit short there, Lee. It was a great strike. And I remember thinking at the time we were talking, going, hey, we've got this great goal-scoring midfielder. <laughs> you quite work out that way. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that was it. I think they thought it was going to be... Because I started as a forward and I, I did score a few goals and then I'd play off the sides. Um, you know, we played one tucked in, didn't we, and a, a winger. And we sort of did that, the 17s, 19s, um, reserves. And I'd score, I'd like to score a few goals. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd score a hat-trick here and there and I'd set a few up. But it was never, I don't know, that never really continued into when I got into the first team. Um, particularly at the start, I was, I, was, I was always conscious that I wasn't going to do anything to cost the game. Um, so I sort of played within myself a little bit and then quickly established that I was going to be a goal scorer. <laughs> I think I went on to score 10 or something like that throughout my career. So you've already mentioned, you know, Ben Ricks is coming through the same time as you. Uh, we've just talked about Sorbel as well there. Um, that first season, you're mainly, as you've just said, coming off the bench quite a lot. How hard was it trying to break into a midfield of Dave Brammer, Kenny Lunt, Neil Sorbel, when you and Ben Ricks are also sort of fighting to get into the first team as well? I think I was, a, you know, in terms of that, I was, a, I was pretty unfortunate because if you read them names off when they were coming through, you know, I'm, I'm at the back of that list. At the time, I didn't think so. I just wanted to play. Um, it didn't matter where I played, what standard. I just wanted to play. And it was tough. You know, if I was getting in a team, I was coming in off the side. 
um, play an occasional game in the field. Um, I remember playing Blackpool in the Cup in the field, coming off the pitch thinking I'd done quite well, then not getting on the pitch again for two or three weeks. Um, we played Brentford away. I remember him putting Dean on the wing. Someone got injured. I think I'm right. I'm coming on. Someone else had come on in front of you. There, were, it was difficult. Uh, it was really difficult, and, and you begin to get a little bit frustrated. Um, you know, you're training. You think you're doing all right, and obviously you, you're thinking of yourself. Particularly when you're younger, it's hard to put everything into perspective. Um, and I just want, wanted to play, and I found it really, really frustrating at times. Even though the team were winning and doing well, I could see that and I was enjoying watching them be successful. I didn't really ever feel I was really a big part of it. That was my next question. So obviously the team's promoted. It's, you know, it's a great achievement for a club the size of crew to go back up to the championship first time of Askins. I was going to say, do you feel like you're part of that or do you sort of feel like you're watching from the side a little bit? Um, it, it's a weird one, isn't it? I, I assume like if you play in a cup final and you're not selected and then it must be hard and that's sort of what it was like all throughout the season um, and, you know we went down to QPR um, and you're not involved but listen I, I totally enjoyed it I took in the whole experience but then you, you have to look at yourself personally and where you're going and what you're doing and, and the daft thing I probably did was we got too impatient because the, the club must have thought something of me because they kept me till I was 24 and I couldn't see that. I never saw the bigger picture. I wanted it there and now. Um, and, you know, when I went through spells of having 15, to 15 games in the, in the first team, thinking of doing all right, and then all of a sudden I was gone and literally play, and I wouldn't even be sub sometimes. And I found that really difficult. Um, and again, that's because the club had really good players. You know, Dave Brown was the record signing, Neil Sorbel, you know, ever-reliable, David Vaughan, Ben Ricks. Then Steve Jones, Rodney on the wings. If you know, there was some really good, good players. So, Lee, you said before that you um, you just wanted to play football. So, was it your decision to go out on loan to Shrewsbury, or was that Dario's suggestion to get some first team football? It was. It was a real. I literally hadn't played. I don't think leading up to Dario going to get an operation. Um, I think I did a couple of starts maybe um, coming on as sub and I, I was just at the point where I wanted to play I was desperate to play and I, I wasn't really you know bothered what level it was at anything like that that's never really you know I just want to play 90 minutes of football and I was getting in and around it when Bakes took the team and I think we played Coventry away and I was hope I was absolutely hopeless I was rubbish um, I, the, I remember after 10 minutes thinking oh my god it's going to be a long night this or, or come on and after 10 minutes thinking I couldn't keep the ball so I just made sure I got into shape and then all of a sudden after the game maybe the day after Shrewsbury come in um, to go on loan and I, I jumped at the chance I must say even though I'd just been a sub the night before and that I think that might have been down to injuries I jumped at the chance so it was just me wanting to play football. I don't think the club was going, you've got to go out and loan as part of your development or, or anything. I think the club basically knew I was frustrated and basically just let me go um, to go on loan. And I remember him saying, you've got to go there and you've got to tear up some trees. And I did the complete opposite. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to Shrewsbury um, and it, re it didn't work out. The training was completely different and 
I played the first game. We played. Um, I played in the midweek game, and my body just completely seized up. My hamstrings. I, I've never had hamstring problem ever apart from that. They train at different places. I wouldn't get the message, which meant I turned up late. And I just looked. I, I looked like I didn't care when I did. And then as the loan was coming to an end, or not coming to an end, I wanted it to come to an end. I sort of started to play well, um, and I went back to went back to crew. Um, told it wasn't very successful. You've got to do. You've got to knuckle down. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And then I was sub on the Saturday. So I straight away I'm thinking, oh, brilliant! I'm going to be back involved. And that was it. I, I come back and I was I was sub for the rest of the season. I think I, I think I got on once between then and the end of the season. Um, and then it was the following season. I think I went to Burton. I think it was the following season. Yeah. So um, I was going to come on to that because yeah, this, that season you went to Burton. That was um, Crew's last season, wasn't it? Um, but before that, there's um, a spell before where you were, were you playing a little bit, um, but then Justin Cochran sort of came in for you? Yeah, so I'd gone to Shrewsbury and then the following year, Ryan Austin, who was a young pro, went to Burton. And I remember they were after a midfield player and I was getting minimal minutes. And I heard them have the conversation. I said to Ryan, I said, ask him if he'll have me on loan. And uh, like, you, you, you're involved in the team. You're not going to be able to go. I said, well, I'm not playing. Anyway, that was a Wednesday. On the Thursday, come back and he says he, he wants you to go in training tomorrow. So I went and spoke to Bakes, and Bakes went, "I think it's a good idea." Um, so anyway, we went and spoke to Dario. I went to Burton on the Friday, trained. They agreed to, to sign me on loan for an initial month, um, and it, it was brilliant. It was the best thing. The application was totally different to when we went to Shrewsbury. I absolutely loved it, and it was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Cluffy was brilliant. He was the sort of person that I needed at that time. He was brilliant. And then it got extended by another month and I got recalled by the club. And I got back in the team. And I think that's when I had a bit of a run in the team that year and thought things were going to be a little bit different. And then I think it was the following year when I was in the team, we were flying away at Leeds. We sold Dean and then uh, couldn't get a win, could we? We just couldn't get a win. Yeah, uh, that yeah. I was going to say you were involved in that team quite a lot, and it was the strange season. You know, you were in the team at Leeds, two 0 away at Ellen Road. Uh, I mean, I've told this story before. Uh, I was there dreaming of the Premier League, um, but then that's where it all went wrong. Um, did you have any idea as a player? We've you know we spoke to Justin Cochran about this, about the the team, the squad, what it was that was going wrong. Honestly, I have no idea. The only thing you can say is we lost the best player and, and that, that's what happened. But we just stopped creating chances and um, it, it was strange because we were doing so well. And look, it was always going to be hard to stay in and around there, even if we kept Dean, it really was. But I'm pretty sure if we'd have kept Dean, we wouldn't have got into the situation we were in. But that's what the club does, isn't it? If a, a good offer comes around for a player and Dean was ready, Dean wanted to do it. I think he was ready the year before. I remember him and Dario falling out away at Cardiff. Dean was ready um, for the next step. So the club couldn't, couldn't really stop that happening. But to say, to put your finger on what happened, I, I really don't know, is the honest answer. Um, it was the same bunch of players, bar one. Um, and it was just it was just weird. You didn't see it coming. Um, we, you know, I don't think the team, the team was changing that much, as much as it did in the past. Um, but if you take out 
in England international like your team. That's what's going to happen, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then you weren't involved in that um, that last game that we have talked about, you know, with Steve Jones and Justin, the Coventry game. Were, how did you feel not being involved in that in such a big game? Were you on the bench or were you injured at the time? No, no. I've been involved in in that and in, in the team playing with Soves. You know, Justin was a, a really good player, good friend of mine. Um, so it was either, you know, Soves was always going to play. Kenny was playing off the sides. And I just remember doing training and Dario coming standing next to him. He says, you're not going to play Saturday. Uh, you're, not, you're not playing midfield Saturday. I said, all right, then I'll play off the right then. He went, no, you're not playing. And I, again, loads of little things. You know, I found it hard. I, I did, I'm not going to lie. I found it. You find it tough, you have a knockback and you just want to play football that again. Um, but they did what they thought was right by the team at the time and it worked out well. Um, the bit I couldn't understand is I, I wasn't sub for the game, um, but that was a that was good celebrations afterwards. Um, you know, and what, what they decided worked. You know, we got the win we needed. And then it feels a little bit like, um, you know, a repeated story because the season after that, you found yourself out on loan again. You went back to Burton. Was that a conscious decision you made to go back there? Um, after that, the end of the season, I, I, I know I was, I, th- I was probably, t- I think I was 23 then, 23, 24. I needed to play in football. I hadn't played enough games. My career, if I was going to have one, hadn't got started. Um, I remember that had happened. I think Solves had left left that summer, went to Shrewsbury maybe. One or two other people left. And I thought, right, I'm going to get a chance here. I've got to get a chance. And there was younger players coming through at the time. And again, that's what the club does. And when you're not looking that way, you don't see that happening. You just see what, what's happening to you. And we went to Portugal. And the pre-seasons, we, you know, we stayed fit during the season. So it was basically football. And the first session we had, we got there and... Uh, he did team play and there was nowhere to be seen. I think Gary Roberts, Michael O'Connor were starting to come through. And I was like, right, this is going to be another tough year. And I, I went and I trained really well and, and I, I tried to really prove a point in the training. And I thought I was, I thought I trained as well performance wise as I could. Anyway, we had a good pre-season. It was, it was brilliant when we went to Portugal, come back to pre-season and uh, we played Southport pre-season. And I'd done well leading up to that game. And this was a, this was the game where you knew if you were going to be in the team or not. And uh, I wasn't in the team. I wasn't starting. And uh, Bakes come up to him. He says, he says, if they don't play well, you're going to come on at half time. And you've got to play well because you'll get in the team. And I just remember saying, Bakes, I'm ready. I can't show you any more than what I'm doing, blah, blah. Anyway, I was a little bit annoyed. So I got on at half time and I'm trying to impress and I'm, I'm doing what I think's right, you know, intercepting, tackling, blah, blah. And anyway, I've gone whack a ball down the pitch and the lads caught me. And uh, I just remember thinking, that don't feel right, that. I was in a lot of pain. Anyway, about two, three minutes on the floor, went back on and I went to kick the ball and I felt my foot crack and I was like, Jesus. Anyway, went down. It took about two months to find out what was wrong with me. I knew what was wrong. I broke my foot. But because it broke in a certain way, it didn't show up on the x-ray. So in the end, I persuaded them to do a different type of scan. And I've, I've been trying to run on the treadmill and convincing myself I was fit. I'm going to train tomorrow. And um, Anyway, I'd had a broken foot. And then I had loads of issues after that because I wasn't doing any rehab. I was just pl- trying to train with a broken foot. So I trained one day, missed three days. My ankle seized up and I just had loads and loads of problems. 
in the, I haven't played a game and we played Man United in the cup, if you remember. And they scored right at the end. Um, and I'm basically, still not ready to talk about that game, Lee. <laughs> yeah, it was devastating, wasn't it? It was absolutely devastating. They had some good players, didn't they? Um, yeah, I looked that up today. That's actually the next season. It's your last game for crew in the first spell, Lee, according to my uh, website. Yeah, it is. And I think that's I think I think that was the, the game. So I think that's the same season. So I broke my foot. Um, I haven't played a game and I basically somehow persuaded him to let me be sub against Man United. And uh, I come on and I did all right. But I remember I didn't have the right boots. I had molded boots and it absolutely teamed it down. So every time I come to the last bit of what I was doing, my foot went, um, my, my feet went. And anyway, after the game, because I'd been not training properly and doing bits and bobs and I was in the changing rooms and to say I was slightly overweight for the size I am is an understatement. And I come with this training the next day and uh, they just went, you're not going anywhere near the first team until you lose some weight. So I was like, oh, I've, got, I've got over my injury. Now I've got, which was right, which was absolutely right. I probably wasn't in the shape because I'm only skinny. So if I put any weight on, it looks like you've put a lot of weight on. So anyway, I was on the treadmill walking up the hills and all that. And I think I played a few more games between then and the end of the season. Yeah, go back to that Man United game. I uh, So I didn't go to that because I was at university. I was in uh, Plymouth. So it's quite a long way from uh, Gresty Road, as I'm sure you've done the commute down to play at Home Park a few times. So it, was yeah. on, it was on TV. I lived with a couple of Man United fans. Um, and anyone who's listened to this before will know I hate Man United. Well, I hated Man United. I don't <laughs> hate any football team anymore. Life's too short. But I hated Man United as a kid because coming from Holmes Chapel, they're the team everyone supports. And being a crew fan, you get a lot of uh, abuse for support. I can imagine. But then that game, to be 1-1 in extra time and be that close to a penalty shootout against Man United, I was absolutely uh, over the moon. And then 119th minute, they scored... Uh, I'd gone out to the student union because the game was on in the student union in Plymouth. I was watching crew in the student union in, at uni and um, I had my crew shirt and I had my crew jumper. And then after the game, I went to the toilet and I didn't say anything to the two mates I was with. I didn't say anything at all. I went to the toilet, had two minutes, composed myself, then went back to them and went, right, let's go get a drink. And uh, that night, someone come up to me in a bar because he was obviously a United fan and started like giving me abuse of my mate who is a United fan who I've never sort of... Uh, Forgot this moment. He went up to him and went, not tonight, mate. And like, pushed <laughs> <it> away. <laughs> yeah, he's having a WKD now, leave him alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, uh, he's just having a cry in the corner, but he'll be over it. So that was basically it then for you at Crew, wasn't it, for the first time round? And then you went and joined Mansfield. Yeah, so, I'd let, so we played the Man United game. So I've got my dates and times mixed up somewhere. So we played the Man United game and I'd had loads of injuries with my ankle, my left ankle, through, through breaking my foot. So I played that game, say that that was a Tuesday, wasn't it? Tuesday, Wednesday. So, so I think it was a Wednesday. We were off Thursday, came in, and they basically, it was, they basically said, you can leave, transfer window's coming up, you can leave. And, and I did, I, I, you know, I was, I, it, was, it was time to do it. It was, it was the time. I think they tried everything they could. Like I say, looking back, you don't realise that they'd had so much faith in you because I was 24 when I left. I was, I was, I'm sure I was 24, 23, 24. So be given a contract when you're 17 to that age and not play as many games as I did. You know, perhaps I let the club down a little bit with the faith they were showing me, and I, I didn't think they were at the time, but obviously they were. So I left. I went back to Burton, and I just wasn't fit. I could not get fit. My ankle was swelling up. I remember Bakes. 
because I'm, I'm close with Bakes. Um, I owe him a lot. He, he thought I was done. He thought he thought I was finished. When when your ankle starts playing up, how I play, he, he just thought I was going to struggle to get around the pitch. So that's when I decided, just before I left, I, was, I wanted to try and get into coaching um, after that advice off Bakes. Anyway, I went to Burton. And again, I just I was playing, but I couldn't play properly. I couldn't kick the ball off my left foot. I couldn't run. And by the end of the season, it was just it was just a mess. My, my ankle, my foot was just a mess. And then it was in that summer I went to Mansfield. But you, you were only there a year. Did it not go so well at Mansfield? Or was that a decision you made to move on at the end? Or Because most no. crew fans, I find, do sort of follow crew players on their career. But yeah, I sort of seem to remember you were there for a year and then it was on to Mac. So what happened at Mansfield? Yeah, so I was meant to be going to Rotherham. And uh, that would probably meant me moving away. And then Glyn Chamberlain was the, the chief scout at crew. I'd gone into, I'd asked the club in that summer if I could go in to get treatment because I, I remember speaking to my now partner, going to be my wife. You know, I've got to give it a go here. I've got a, 24. What else am I going to do? Got to give it a right go. So I'd gone into training, I'd done the pre season with crew, secretly hoping that they might give me another deal. <laughs> so I was getting treatment and Glyn come to me, went, You're going to Rotherham, aren't you? And I went, yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm going to go and play on Saturday and hopefully sign on Monday. And Justin Cochrane was at Rotherham and put me in touch with Mark Robbins. And he went, Mansfield, want you? He says, he's not seen you play the manager, but I've told him you, you, you'll be good enough. If you can get fit, you'll be good enough. So I always remember Mansfield when crew played against them. They had loads of fans there, great stadium, always a good team. And I thought, that's closer, can travel there. So I, I, went, I went on trial. I, I, I turned down a contract. I went on trial. Um, basically, after a couple of days, the manager says, we'll sign you. Um, we just got to sort out finances, blah, blah, blah. So he, signed, he said, we'll sign you on a year. And we had a great team, but we went on and got relegated. You know when, you know when like, people watch Premier League teams just somehow fall apart with great players, Leeds and Portsmouth? How does that happen? It was exactly the same there. I don't know how it happened. We had the top goal scorer in the league. We had players that went on to play in the championship. We had players, every player who was a starting player in that team went on and did better. And it was just, it, the club was in a little bit of a mess, I must say. We got locked out the ground a couple of times, trading places. You'd be driving into training, turn around, we're not training today. They, they, were, they, were, they were in a real transition period, that club was. Um, and it's, it's good to see them doing well again. And then moving back to Cheshire with Mac. Yeah, so we got relegated. I, 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 I played 24 games for, for Mansfield. I'd had two operations in that time. Again, it was just about trying to stay fit. Couldn't play how I wanted to play. Jake Buxton played for Mansfield. I remember him giving me a right, right rollicking because I'd been used to playing for crew and you drop off a little bit and you don't, you know, and I always wanted to get after teams, but my body and my ankle meant I couldn't get after anyone. And he's shouting at me, you've got to get after him and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, right, okay. And anyway, I started to do that. I got injured. So I did, did my medial in my, in my right knee. So I was out for the whole season, the whole back end of the season. I only managed 24 games. But I played in the last game and we played Dagenham away. And we, we got relegated. And uh, basically the club didn't know what it was doing. It basically let anyone under 24, Jake Buxton's your prime example, went on to play for Derby. They let him go for free. Um, Alex Baptiste went on to Blackpool. They let him go for free. The club was in a bit of a mess, I must say. And so they just wanted everybody off the wage the wage bill. Didn't really, We didn't have a manager. So then it was, what, what am I going to do? And I spoke to the club. I said, and they were like, we want to keep you, um, but we've got to wait for this takeover, this, that and the other. I said, well, I can't wait. I can't wait. 
Um, and again, I got a phone call off Glyn Chamberlain um, saying, Macclesfield want you. And I hadn't, I hadn't really had any phone calls off anybody. And I thought, I've been injured again. This is closer to home. I was really getting into my coaching. It all just sort of mirrored up. And it was, it was the best decision I'd ever made. It was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Mac, you were player of the season, weren't you? But then obviously at the end, you sort of end up getting released. Like, yeah, was that a financial thing for their part? or I think a little bit. So I'd spent two years there. Uh, the first year, we didn't do particularly well. Um, and then the second year, unfortunately, you know, Keith passed away um, and we had a really good team. A real to you know, everyone says it a real together, but we did obviously with what happened to the football club, it was hard. And I played really well that year, as well as as well as I, I can remember. I played, I was fit, I was not injured. And towards the end of the season, I was getting contacted by one or two clubs, and Macclesfield knew that. So when it came to the end, it was like, we're not going to offer you any more money, etc. And they were brilliant, I must say. They were absolutely brilliant. Simo, who took over, was brilliant, brought me off at Lincoln at the end. And I just thought I was coming off the 92nd minute, didn't think anything of it. And he slapped me around the head. He said, brought you off so you could get a clap off them fans. You best clap them. Because he knew I was going to leave, sort of thing. And uh, he, he was just brilliant. I, I, it's such a shame to see what's happened to that football club. It's, it's, it's so bad. It was a, it's a great football club. They're a local rival, but they're not really, are they? And it is, it is a shame to see uh, what's happened. But hopefully with another ex-crew, Robbie Savage, they'll be on their way back up soon. Yeah, he seems to be driving that along, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Which is good. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a real shame. Like you say, a rival, but it's always good to see a, a, you know, a, a smaller local team doing well, if you like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I miss the days of playing Stockport, of playing Chester, of playing Macclesfield. There are local teams that I always enjoy the games at Stockport, for example. Straight up the train, yeah. two cans on the way. Uh, you can walk to the stadium and then you're home again by about an hour and a half. Uh, and it, we always took a lot to places like Stockport. So, yeah, I miss those days. I, you know, keep an eye on when yeah. they're going to be back. I think it's a few yeah. more days away yet. And then, so once you leave Mac, Dario re-signed you uh, 2010. Was that a shock? Could you kept in touch with him? Is it with Dario that you're doing the coaching? Yeah, so so I'm coaching at the football club. What, I, what, I, what had happened is we played in the Cheshire Senior Cup against Crewe in the final. And we basically played our first team. Crew won. We basically played our first team. But I was decent. You know, I was, Dario hadn't seen me play for a while. I was decent. And our relationship was, was good. You know, we had a good relationship now and I think he could trust me a little bit more. Anyway, they had James Bailey, who was on the verge of a move. And I'd, I'd agreed to go to another club in League One. I'd agreed to, to go, you know, I, I, I did well enough, I thought, to go up a league. And, and anyway, soon as soon as I got a call, it was Dario. James Bailey could believe and you got to hold on two weeks. I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. I, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> I told I told me, told me missus and obviously I was going to be, she'd already spent some of the money on a nice holiday and things like that, what I was going to get paid. And I was like, well, you've got to put that on hold. Um, and, and I don't think, I don't, she's, she's brilliant, my missus. She's absolutely brilliant. She just backs whatever I do. Um, so I, again, I, I just couldn't believe it. And uh, I was going to Tesco and the phone rang and it was a number I didn't know. Uh, answer the phone. And I've been, I've been, because I've been going into the club coaching. So it was a little bit awkward. 
So I've been going into the club coaching and I'd, I'd be seeing Dario and Bakes and I didn't dare ask him what's happening, what's going on. So it was a little bit awkward. And I think they knew he was going to go to Derby. I think John Brayford and Bales went to Derby, yeah. I think. So it, it was a little bit awkward. And Critch and James were there at the time and they were going, you'll be back, you're going to be back. And you sort of don't ever think it's going to happen. Um, and anyway, I was driving into Tesco, number at number rang and I picked up the phone and it was it was D and uh, he just, yeah, we'll sign you. <laughs> and that was it. That was it really. And I was like, brilliant. He says, right, come in tomorrow. You'll start tomorrow. Um, and that was it. Went home, told the missus and she was made up and I was over the moon. What What's the logic then? Crew in League Two, you've got an offer from a League One club who are offering you more money then. Is it just simply playing for crew was more important for you? Yeah, that, that's it. I just want to play for crew. That's the bottom line. They could have been in any division, I think. I'd have said yes. I just wanted to play for crew. We'll stop the podcast early. You're not going to top that. <laughs> people listening to this. Listen, I, honestly, it, it's great. I, I left and it was the right time to leave the first time I left. But I've been, you, you're at the club for so long and it, it just becomes, you know, you. I, I was secretly devastated that I'd left. And then Steve Holland got the job, which was even, even harder for me to take the year I left because I knew Steve rated me and would have, would have played me if I'd have one more year left on my contract. And I used to drive to to um, to coaching. And I I just, I'm never going to play there again. Never, ever going to play there again. And it, it sounds so corny. It sounds like people, he just wants people to go, oh, he's, no, it's not. It's it, it just, I wanted to play back there. So two seasons back at Crew then, you're there for the season when um, I think it all goes wrong for Dario. Um, find ourselves 18th in October in League yeah. 2. And um, I've mentioned before, I was at the Torquay game at home where we lost 3-0 and yeah. there's booing and Dario out chance and everything. And Neil and I, you know, we didn't take part, but it was, I've mentioned before, it's quite a sad day seeing that with yeah. a, a legend. And it was Matt Tootle said that when Steve Davis come, came in, he uh, he injected just a bit of an element of fun and sort of like, it, it felt like a, a sense of an air had been lifted back within the first team squad. Is that something you'd go along with? What what did you see that was going wrong with Dario at the end? It's hard to say, isn't it? Because you, you, you're not trying to judge anybody's work. So I've been in teams where, you know, it happened at Mansfield, the manager lost his job and I thought the manager was great. Uh, you know, it's hard to then go, he's, I'm, he's doing this, that's happening. What I think might have happened, it was a young team with, with academy lads slightly older who had always been coached. Now, there's nothing wrong with being coached, but they were getting coached day in and day out. And I think maybe that had just ran its course a little bit. I think they just wanted something slightly different. Um, but with the coaching, with trying to get them better. So I think because it was such a young team, and they'd all always been coached, like Toots was slightly older um, than, than the young, younger one. I think they just needed something a little bit different to, to just give them that little bit of a spark to really get going. And it, it, seemed, it seemed to work. Um, well, it did work, didn't it? It worked brilliantly. Um, we, we went to Oldham in the Cup and I knew something was, wasn't right. Steve was taking the team with Bakes and Dario was in the background. And I was sub for that game. It was a cup game. And I, I knew something was... Anyway, it did it come out that Dario was stepping down. And, and, and what Steve did is he cont continued the, the development of the players, you know, coaching. 
trying to get people better. But did add more 11 aside football. We did a lot of 11, 11 aside football, which I think the players might have needed at that time. Um, more five aside. And maybe the players got away with a little bit more. In terms, do you know what I mean? Nick Powell got away with a little bit more because we knew he was a special player. Um, and that was the way they dealt with Nick, which was right because we got the best out of him. So subtle little changes did they work, you know, they worked, um, you know, and that's not me being critical of Dario by any means. Looking back on that, um, that squad now with 2021 eyes, it seems inevitable that that team would get promoted from League Two, the players in that squad and what they've gone on to do, Luke Murphy, Ashley Westwood, um, Nick Powell, just to mention three. Um, at what point do you, yourself, what point does the squad believe that actually we're doing something really special here and we are going to go all the way to Wembley and we're going to win at Wembley? When Nick Powell keeps scoring goals. When <laughs> 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 you got him and you t- they did, we had really good players. I remember rejoining crew and uh, I knew it was going to be difficult for me to play because I remember doing an interview and saying we've got the two best midfield players outside the championship and I got dogs abuse from crew fans because it was Westy and Murph. I knew how good they were. They were really good players. And I knew it was going to be difficult again to get in the team. So again, with with a little bit of guy, Bakes was instrumental in it, in the background, talking to the players, etc. cetera. Um, with them types of players, it was, it, was, it, was a right, it was about getting the balance right with that team. They moved players into different positions towards the end. Toots was playing midfield, wasn't he? Left was he playing left yeah, winger? He said the other day yeah. he got promoted as a left winger. Yeah, yeah. So you know they made sort of changes. I think they trusted. They, they brought Steve Phillips back in. I think Steve was playing, but they really trusted Steve. Steve was an outstanding goalkeeper, which helped. So them players, you know, and you know, I know Toots has you know had his off-field problems, which he, he's. You know brilliantly that he's speaking up all the time. He was a, you know, he's an exceptional player. Um, you know, really good player. Calvin Maller could have gone on to Derby. We've got you know abundance players. Byron Moore, you know, and I know he wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but he's such a good player. Nick Powell, Max Clayton played for England. You know, the, it was a matter of time, but that comes with a bit of maturity as well. Is that what you saw your role as? Because obviously, I would say in no. That- what it was oh right okay well, <laughs> no, I was gonna say are no. you Dave Martell, Steve Phillips, no? No, no, not not really. Yeah, I, I hope, I always hope. Listen, if anyone if you ask anyone about me, they say I'm the best moaner going. So I did moan. I, I, that's me. I, I do moan. I've been, you know, been doing it today at work, but that's because I care. So not really. I think people think I was acceptance of two good players playing in front of me, but I was playing in front of them. I was playing, Murph was playing off the side and I got, I had an earlier operation at Christmas or whenever it was, just before Christmas or just after Christmas because I, I was playing and Steve wanted me back. He was like, how, fit, how quick can you get fit? I felt, and that was great to hear, how quick can you get back? So two, three days after my operation, I'm doing circles of the pitch and uh, the sob story continues because I, I got, a, I got a, a really bad chest really bad chest and it I literally that was it then as soon as Westy and Murph played because I was dying to get back because I knew if them two played together there was no way I was getting back in the team it just wasn't going to happen so I was dying to get back and we played Accrington on a Tuesday night and I think Steve did Steve wanted me to play to just I think to make his mind up what he was going to do in the future and I didn't perform um, and that was it then 
I was, I was, you know, bit part player um, between then and the end of the season. I'm glad you brought that up, Lee, because I had a look at this uh, earlier today, and that was the last start that you made on the 21st yeah. of Feb uh, until May, when you came back into the starting eleven for the second leg of the semi-final away yeah. at South End. Now, I've mentioned this before. If you go on YouTube and you type in South End Crew Playoff Semi-Final, there's um, like an hour and a bit. Uh, of Radio Stoke with the great Graham McGarry sort of going outside of his mind completely. <laughs> He's got the last 20 minutes of the game and then there's an hour or so uh, of him just ask, getting Lee Blakeman to grab every one of you off the pitch. And he says, go and grab Lee Bell, man of the match. So that was how good you played in that game um, coming off, not playing for what, three, four months. Did you feel you had a good game then? Yeah, well... I'd had a really bad, so a really bad spot. I literally couldn't kick the ball in a straight line. My confidence was shot. I got onto the pitch against uh, Crawley away. I'd gone to do a clearance. They put me on the right wing. I'd gone to do a, a clearance and it popped up and it hit my hand and they got a penalty. I was just shot to bits. And I got on the pitch against Torquay. If you remember the Torquay game, it was madness, wasn't it? They were promoted yeah. with one right, point. That's and Neil's favourite game, I think. It one. was just carnage. Yeah. And anyway, Westy did his ankle and I got on and I just knew this was it. This uh, this was it. I got to perform. And I did. And I played, I think I played better in that game than I did the South End game. And then the South End game come and it was Westy, wasn't it? Was Westy injured from the Torquay game? Or oh, no, Murph. Uh, it was Murph, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was Murph. Yeah. yeah. It was Murph. And um, the, from my point of view, I'm just unlucky. There was two weeks between that semi-final and the final because, you know, Murph was going to always play. I roomed with him, actually. I roomed with Murph. And uh, we'd gone down to Arsenal and we used Arsenal's training ground and it was brilliant. And uh, Steve did the usual. There's, there's the team. I'll make some changes as we're going along. Five minutes later, Murph, go play midfield. Bally, you come into this team. All right, OK, you're not playing. So earlier room with him, I said, Murph, 20 minutes to go when we're 2-0 up. I said, come off injured, will you? And Murph's, Murph's going, you'll play, you'll play. And we're 20 minutes to go, we're 2-0 up. I'm thinking, come on, Murph. Come on, <laughs> give me a little run here. <laughs> so, Neil, I think you're going to jump in because you watched the playoff final today, didn't you? Yeah, because I knew that you came on and didn't have uh, like a, <laughs> a long period of time. So say. And I wanted to count. So I think you're on the pitch for about five seconds. The corner came in, and then I think you came, like obviously Cheltenham got a corner, and then you came on. And then I think once they kicked the corner, I think the ref just blew up, doesn't he? He kicked it. Well, he blew it while it was in the air. Yeah, <laughs> he blew it while it was. Yeah, he even played it. <laughs> it was brilliant. So we're, we're on the side, and we're two 0 up, and we're cruising the game. And uh, I'm, I'm Bakes. Any chance here, Bakes? Get me on. Any chance here, Critch and James? Come on, Bakes. Get Ballard. Turn around. He said, not about being sentimental, it's about winning football matches. <laughs> so, oh god. So, anyway, 89th minute took about three minutes for me to get on the pitch. I just remember, and it was brilliant from him. And uh, it was Dave Gaffer. Corners come in, I come into the middle of the pitch, and I don't know if he knew I'd have been disappointed. I wasn't disappointed we won, but I obviously I wanted to play, I wanted to be on the pitch a little, I wanted to kick the ball at Wembley. And uh, he just put his hand on my shoulder, he said. Didn't put a foot wrong, man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> it was so I was off then grabbing flags and everything else. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. We're going to obviously come on to Dave Artel later because, you know, he's quite important in your day-to-day life now. Did you know then he was going to go on to become the manager of a football team? When you're playing, you could see you could see it in him. He's a, he's a leader of men, isn't he? You know, he played with injuries and 
broken foot down in that south yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that until after the after the time he'd had operated, he'd secretly gone off and had some injections in his foot. So he got the, he's got all the characteristics of of doing that now. You, you're not really thinking, well, he's going to be manager one day. You're not. And um, then he obviously stepped into the, the coaching side of it a little bit and did the academy manager's role. Um, and I think he probably just started to grow in what he thought he was going to do. And uh, he still says he was in shock when he got the offer and had to think about it. So maybe not, maybe he wasn't thinking down them lines. So you've just said, you know, you had the chance to play in League One, play a bit for a bit more money. You made the decision to come back to Crew because it's your club. And then you've won pl- uh, promotion at Wembley. It doesn't really get any better than that, surely? No, it doesn't. It was it was the most surreal week. As soon as I got my head round, I wasn't going to be playing because I thought I did well in South End. And you sit yourself down and you like, come on, let's be real. Murph and Westy are going to play midfield. What you need to do is be supportive, blah, blah. Get your personal emotions out of the way. It was the most surreal. From the time I remember Max Clayton had scored and Steve Phillips, I couldn't, I couldn't get up the pitch. It's half end. I couldn't go and celebrate properly. I was knackered. And Steve Phillips, and I just remember saying, Steve, we're going to Wembley, Steve. And anyway, they went on and scored another goal, didn't they? And I was like, yeah. oh my God. But that week when we went down to London, went and trained at Arsenal's training ground, the club did everything brilliantly in terms of you know what we were wearing and made us know we were in a real special occasion. Afterwards, the party we had afterwards, obviously back at the ground, it was brilliant. Um, we went out as a squad the day. I, that, 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 I could just go back and do that a few days again, but perhaps get five minutes on the pitch, it'd be perfect. And then after that sort of high become, comes the low, because it was quite soon after that game, wasn't it, that Steve Davis told you and Dave Artell uh, that you weren't going to be re-signed for the next season? Yeah, well, I, so the, the game had happened, two days of celebration, whatever. It was a nice day, I was in the garden, Bakes rang me and I was outside, my lad was a young kid at the time and I just said to me, this is what will lead me to it, because I knew what was coming. I knew what was coming. And then he spoke and mentioned coaching. And I wanted my coaching to be completely separate to my football. I didn't want, it was maybe talk of, if I really wanted to, I think I think I could have got another year and coaching was mixed in and all that. And I didn't want, I wanted that to be separate. They were, they were always going to be separate. And I just said to Bakes, if you don't want me as a player, that's it. I'm, I'm fine with that. And I wasn't, I must say, I wasn't fine with that. I was, that, that was the hardest one. To take that, that was hard. I thought I had a lot to give. I was 29. I thought I had more to give. So, and it was late on. Teams are already going back or, or making signings, you know, because obviously we've been in for three weeks, three and a half weeks longer than everybody else. And I had absolutely nothing, nothing. 29, just got promoted. Played quite a few games during the promotion season, 30-ish, something like that. And I had nothing. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Really didn't know what I was going to do. And then you end up, the rest of your career, you end up firstly at Burton and then back at Macclesfield, which I sort of wanted to ask you, is it a coincidence you played at least twice for three different clubs? Because that's quite unusual, I <laughs> yeah. think, for a footballer to it, go back a to three bit. clubs. I had three debuts at Burton, two at Mac, <clears throat> two at Crew. What, what happened at Burton is Southender showed, towards the end, showed a little bit of interest because of the game. And that wasn't going to happen. I was 29. I wasn't going to go down there for a year. They, I've got a young family. That that just wasn't going to happen. I knew what I was going to do after football, so I was concentrating on that as well. And I played with Gary Rowett the second time um, at Burton. He'd retired officially, but could play non-league football. So he was playing, and he was brilliant with me. 
he was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I always remembered that. And then he got the job and I'd sent him a text because they hadn't been in touch. He knew who I was. I thought he's not interested, but I can't keep going back to crew doing pre-season at crew and look, he's back again. And, you know, I can't, can't keep doing that. So I'd sent him a text and I just said, could I come in to train to stay fit, please? And he just put, yeah, I'll send you the dates closer to the time. So I'm getting a bit itchy feet. So I'm thinking, oh my, what, what's going on? Anyway, I went and spoke to Wal- uh, to Wrexham. And on the way down, speaking to Wrexham, my phone went and I didn't answer it because I was driving. Obviously, I pulled into Wrexham's car park um, and it was Gary Rowett. And he just put, They're go- we're going away on an army camp for the week. Can you join us the week after? So I, in my head, I'm thinking, well, if he was interested that way, I'd be going on the army camp and... So he obviously just get me to come in and stay fit. So anyway, I spoke to Wrexham. They they offered me a contract. I, I just said I need. I hadn't spoke to my wife. I just need a week to think about it. It's like they were fine. Yeah, there's no rush. Um, we won't take it off the table. So I went and trained at Burton. Then ended up playing in a game, and it sort of speeded up a little bit. I did. I was went to preseason. I was flying. I went with them. I was up there in the running. It was bloody hard. And we played Aston Villa. I played well in the game. So he spoke to me after the game. He says, we can't, we've got no figures for you now, but we're offering you something. So and then I had to phone Wrexham and tell Wrexham. And I was, you know, I'd obviously had to let them down. Um, but they understood. And it, it was just, it was, Wrexham were offering me a two-year, Burton offered me one year, but it was league football. Um, so I couldn't turn that down. And they understood that. They were brilliant, um, the Wrexham guys. And what I must say, that year when I signed for Burton, I don't think I've ever played as well. I don't think I've ever played as well. You were made captain in your time at Burton, weren't you? Yeah, so we, we went and we had Xander Diamond, who was captain, but then lost his place during the, the season. Um, then I was made, then I, I just took over the captaincy when he wasn't playing. I was captain. Into the second year, they made it that I was captain. But that first year, it, it was brilliant. It was it was it was what exactly what I was that that style of football was what I was and it was it was brilliant I fully enjoyed it um, got sent off in the first game of the season and got sent off in the last game of the season <laughs> <laughs> got told Acosta's we lost in the playoffs to Bradford and uh, I got told that it was my fault nicely <laughs> yeah it's always what you want to hear isn't it <laughs> he was right though one thing I discovered when I was sort of looking up um, what had happened during your time at Burton away from crew and everything is you had a, uh, a column in the Bur- is it the Burton Mail as the captain of the club yeah how yeah, so- how does that happen is that something you were interested in or is that sort of an obligation I think it's a bit of an obligation but a lot of that wasn't my words I must say it was if we it was I'll do it for you this week uh, that was that was that was it but yeah they just phoned you up sometimes and ask questions they'd ask you on a Monday and they do it over two weeks sometimes. So then you do or do half an hour on a Monday and that would last for that Friday or Saturday and then it'd go to the next one. They pull bits out of that. But when you when you, when it burn the, the big on community and, and all that. So when you are captain, even when you're a player, there's so many duties that you've got to do, go to schools that you know it's on a rotor, you've got to do it, you've got to be seen to be going there, you've got to be dressed the right way, etc. You know, that side of the of their football club they take very seriously. So journalism wasn't really an option. It was coaching for you. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was definitely not me typing up and sending it over to somebody. That was more over a dictaphone. So with the coaching then, we've, you've mentioned it quite a few times. Um, it's not a coincidence, is it, that the 
the players that came up through Dario's system at Crew, there's so many now that you can name are in the coaching system at various clubs around the country. That's come from Dario, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's it's pretty. It's it's brilliant to see so many people that you've played with and been around going off and doing well. You know, they're all over the place. We go Man United everywhere. People are there, Colin Little. You know, he's a big hand in. Marcus Rashford still does work with him. Rich Walker's at Stoke. Critch James doing well. You know, the the, the list goes on. And it is, it's down to that influence. And, and what I would say as well, it's not just his influence. Like I say, I was drawn to Steve and Critch's coach as a coach. I was I was drawn to how they did it, just to their mannerisms. I haven't quite taken that on board. Um, you know, I'm not quite as softly spoken as them at times, but their mannerisms. So a lot of people need to take credit, but ultimately it does come from Dario, the way you, co- the way you coach. It, it's one of them, people ask you what you want to do. Um, and you just, You've got to be careful. If you want to be a first-team footballer, you working at a place like Crew, you've got to be careful that you're not practising on them players. First-team stuff, the club's all, all about trying to make them as rounded as possible in terms of their skill set they've got. It's hard to explain. It's a different way of coaching. It's not everybody running around singing, dancing, and you look at it and it looks perfect to the eye. It's actually making people at what they need to be better at. Obviously, you're now in charge of the under-18s. You're working with David Vaughan as well, I believe. Yeah, so Vaughan, he's come in recently, uh, works works at the night times with me and other coaches. And we work together on a Sunday. I let him get take the team as much as I can. You know, I, I have my time on a Saturday with the 18s. You know, I try and get Vaughan doing as much as he can. And, you know, be daft not to the experiences he's had in football and he could pass over to the young lads, you know, he's got so much to offer and then is the plan sort of to progress up you know Alex Morris is under 23s and then you know Kenny's assistant manager to Dave do you see yourself stepping up eventually into the first team or what what's the overall goal for you yeah these are always questions that you got you get asked quite a bit Um, I think as a player it's easy to set goals I think it's much easier to set goals because you're affecting you and, and what you're doing and back to like I've just said, if you set too many, I've got ambitions and, you know, what, what I do, but if you set too many goals, you start drifting away from what you should be doing. Um, and that's firmly trying to make these players better. So ultimately, when they get to Dave and Kenny and the first team and Alex, they can then work on what they need to because they've been trained and coached the right way, not just by me, but by everybody as they're coming through. So it's hard to set these real ambitions of this is where I'm going, this is what I want to do, because I think you can get sidetracked from what you're actually doing at the moment. Yes, I've got inklings of working in 11 men's football, 11 v 11, you know, I'm working 11 v 11 now, but in in men's football, well, that doesn't detract away from the job I'm doing now and enjoying doing. Obviously, you're in the academy as a player when you're younger. Do you sort of realize how good crew is for a stepping stone into first team football and do like do you think the current crop of youngsters now like sort of realize like how good crew is does that make sense yeah I think I think when I was younger it was a bit over my head I didn't really you obviously knew that they played a lot of young but it was a little bit you're just going along your you know your, your years games whatever you're sort of just going along and without thinking too much about being a, a YT, a first-team player, because they're playing Kenny in the first team, etc. at a young age. Whereas I think now, I think the players are so much, 
they've got a much more clear understanding of what they've got to do to actually get to the first team. And the rewards they'll get is they'll get an opportunity more than ever um, at the football club. So I think in terms of they know it's what the clear pathway is. The pathway's always been the same, but when you were, I'm only, I can only speak from me. I, I sort of didn't really realise that when I was growing up, you knew that they played a lot of young kids, young players. But I think now we, we use that with the players a lot, what the rewards can be if you're willing to do X, Y and Z. Lee, out of the players that you played with, um, is there anyone, um, maybe even at youth level, is there anyone who you were surprised didn't have a bigger impact in their careers? Ben Ricks. On, I know why. I, my opinion, I know, you know, I've stayed close friends with Ben up until a few years ago. But Ben stopped football, basically, went and moved down south, went and did some surfing, very laid back guy. And I just don't think he had that drive to be a footballer. But he was so good. He was so good. And I know he got he got he got pelters from the crew fans. And I just think he might have thought, you know what, there's more to life than than football. He was so good. I remember watching him when I was younger. And I, I how am I going to be as good as him? You know, he was so good. He was definitely one. He just football wasn't for him in the end. Football just what he'd been doing it since he was six, seven. And that's a long time to do it at a high pressured level. Academy of football, everybody in the country wanted him, knew who he was. He was playing a year up all the time. He, he was, he was. if we had Ben Ricks coming through now, everybody would know about him. It almost felt like every season we were saying, this is his season, this is the one who'll break through. And he, he became a bit part player, didn't he, ultimately? Yeah, and I think what happened with Ben was he never nailed that. He got moved around, didn't he? He, he played off the left, he played off the right. He was a centre midfield player. He, that's what he was. But that would have probably meant he had to play with Kenny and they would have been very similar. So we need the, the, he always played. Dario always played with Sorbs with another one. Sorbs never let Sorbs never was out the team, was he? So it wasn't me and Justin. It was me and Sorbs, Brams and Sorbs. It was always Sorbs. So I think that's if maybe him and Kenny played together in the middle, that might have defensively made us a little bit weaker because we were so attacking minded. I think uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because at the time when you were playing uh, your first spell when Ben Ricks was there, uh, I had a season ticket in the main stand. And there's that there's that main stand groan, isn't there? Whenever um, whenever Ben you Ricks, can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> whenever he sort of doesn't fully commit to a 50-50 or he misplaces a pass, and I do think that that sometimes crew fans do have these ones that they get a little bit more maybe because they're a slight of frame and there's a perception that they're not going to uh, throw themselves into tackles. Charlie Kirk is a prime example of that. Until recently, he used mm. to get absolutely abused by crew fans. Recently, you know, you can't argue with the, the uh, production that he's got, but yeah. it just is like a perception. And I think Ben Ricks was the same as what Charlie Kirk has been recently. And just that, like I say, the main stand groan of, oh, not again, sort of thing by a couple of thousand people. Yeah, and, and I think that's right. I- Footballers are all different, aren't they? There's a different type of footballer. You know, you see the flair players in the Premier League, they don't go flying into tackles. They do their best, the utmost to stay out of them. So they ain't going to get injured. And I think if Ben was now, I think that'd be more, a little bit more accepted. And, and again, I, I think people like certain players in the first team and, and Ben, I, I think that happens with if your team's losing, if your team's not doing very well or whatever. I think then that magnifies, doesn't it? If you stay out of a tackle, that just gets amplified. But in the end, someone tackling someone 10 yards outside their goal isn't going to probably win you the football match. You know, but 
fans like to see that, don't they? And and what I see that you know they they pay the money, but he just he just didn't. It just wasn't for him in the end, Ben. It just wasn't for him. Great guy, family man. You know, it just wasn't for him. Okay, Lee. Um, we're going to finish up. We've got one last thing we'd like you to do. Uh, I'm going to pass over to Neil so he can explain what it is. Yeah. So um, I like to get your sort of you're the manager, and I like to get your best. 11 from obviously the two promotional teams that you've had and then the third promotion where you're actually coach of the club as well. So out of them three teams? Yeah. yeah, so, basically. yeah I've, got be... to go, I've got to go work tomorrow with some of these people <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> we were discussing this before and we were saying you can't have Dean Ashton on the 2002 team without having Rob Paulson, you see, because Rob Paulson scored twice as many. So I'm really interested to see what team you have, really. Can I not... Can... <laughs> this is awkward. This. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Because go on, I'll speak about no. I'm just, I'm just saying. A lot of them players went on to play Premier League and etc. So that I'm going to say it'd be easier to to do it in ten years' time. This with this team to see where they ended up in their career. Right. So some of them might not get in. Yeah, I think anyone listening will have to accept that Lee is only picking one player when he might want to pick two or three. Yeah. That's a disclaimer to get you out of any trouble. Yeah, um, yeah so we'll go to the goalkeepers. Obviously, you've got Clayton in, sort of Steve Phillips, Will, Jaskalainen. Yeah, I'm going to go with Clayton. I thought he was a brilliant goalkeeper. Could not kick the ball, save his life. How he become <laughs> a footballer is beyond me, but he could make some saves in. He could make some saves. Um, and if he was good, at his, good with his feet, he'd have... Um, He'd have, he'd have done much better. Um, he had a great career. I'd say much better is the wrong word. He'd have probably gone up again, but he had a hell of a throw on him. He had a, a banana for a foot, um, but he could make some saves in a, a real good character. And um, Before we go any further, Lee, we should probably work out what formation you're playing, or should we play that? Can I make that in? up as I go along? Yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I might end up just with four defenders and three defenders and all attackers. I'm not sure I'm really yet. excited to see what centre midfielders you don't pick, Lee. I, don't, I know. I know. I can say, well, yeah, I'll go for the back four anyway. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm having a penny at this. Yeah. For, anyone, for anyone listening, what that noise was there, that's Lee getting his notebook and uh, pen out. Just to I've, got, I've got what team I've got. In the past, I've done, yeah, this is it. Oh, what about him? Oh, God, what about him? And then you've just said about other players and I've got to go work with them. <laughs> so yeah, I mean right back, you got David Wright, Tootle, NG. Um I'm gonna say one you've not said. Um Dave Wright, by the way, he, he what a player and what a person he is, Dave Wright. He was great with me. Told me I was told me how it was when I needed to know. Great, unbelievable player. So he he'd be close, Dave, but I'm gonna go Billy Jones right back. Is that right? Can I have him? Can yeah, I have him? Yes, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Can I? Is that well? No, he didn't really play in those teams, did he? But no, I he mean... didn't, did he? Right. So if sorry to play in them teams, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have righty then. Okay. Okay. Let's do it properly. That'd be Dave. Uh, I'll go left back. So I say Vaughan, uh, Calvin Maller, and Pixie. Um, Calvin, I I think was a, a better setter off than a full back. I think he's gone on to play there. It's setter off more. Harry's going to have a fantastic career. Harry, such a, a good person, but I'm going to have to go with Vaughan. Um, I could play him in the field or, or whatever, but I'm I'm going to go with, with another Dave. 
Um, yeah, and then your centre backs, obviously two from these. You got sort of Foster, Walker, Dugdale, Gaffer, Harry <laughs> uh, <laughs> Davis, Eddie Nolan, uh, Nottingham, and Luke Offords. Um, Foster's definitely getting in. So yeah. Steve Foster's definitely getting in. Great player. Um, enjoyed his podcast. Great guy, Foz. Um, did Dave Walton play in that year? Yeah, I was going to say we missed Dave Walton off that list as well. He played in that season. He did, didn't he? I love Dave. He was brilliant. What you can't have three Daves across the bat, though. <laughs> well, it's either Dave Hortel or Dave Walton. <laughs> now, I'm thinking, selfish, I'm thinking selfishly <laughs> what's going to do well for me out of this. <laughs> listen, Lee, because, I mean, you know... I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I, I would assume, he, to be fair, he's got a lot on. Um, yeah. I would think so. I would think so. I think uh, a lot of the other staff listen to him. So oh, I would think so. Um, but what I'm going to pick the gaffer just because I don't think Dave Walton played that as many games. So I've got Dave, <laughs> Foz, Dave and Dave. Someone shouts Dave's ball. Everyone leave. <laughs> 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 I think I'm. I think I'm going to find another Dave as well. <laughs> you make Dave. So yeah, are we going for four in midfield? I mean, <laughs> yeah, pencil in for what? four. Four centre mid, yeah. I think. I mean, can, can I go up front? Oh, can I go up front? Yeah, yeah. Do a forward first. That'd be easier. Dean and uh, Rob. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the pretty easy. Okay, that's the strikers then. Halsey and Dean. Yeah. Yep. So you've got four Sorry. midfielders to fit in. Right. I'll, I'll list off some names for you. So you got obviously Nick Powell, Rodney Jack, Steve Jones, Byron, Charlie Kirk, all these sort of proper wingers. And then obviously nah, you got I've got it. I, 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 after you've said I know who it is. So right wing, I'm gonna play Rodders. Yeah. He played, didn't he, that year? Yeah. Just think if he could have really been bothered, how good he would have been. <laughs> yeah, he was so good, wasn't he? He yeah. was so, so good. Funny guy, Rodney. Really good guy. Um, so that's what, so Rodney's will play off the right. Even Did he play off the left more than the right? Uh, I think him and Steve Jones sort of switched around, didn't they, that season? Right. So he played four did... strikers a lot of the time that year. Yeah. Then I'm going to pick Nick Powell from the left. And then you've got two places for Kenny Lunt, Dave Brammer, Sorville, Ashley Westwood, uh, Ryan yeah. Wintle. Have I missed anyone, Neil? Luke Murphy. James Jones. Callum Ainley. Listen, I, I, I get... Just tough. Obviously, because they've all got on to do so like brilliantly. But I've listened to these, and this one I'm going to pick, my other Dave, has had a bit of stick, but I thought he was brilliant. Um, Dave Brammer. I think he's probably... He was, when the year he came, I thought he was the best midfield player in the championship of that type. Now, there was different skillful ones, but of um, dictating play, switches of, you know, pinging the ball all over the place. Um, I thought he was, I thought he was the best player in, in that type of role. So, that's me other Dave. And then it's obviously got to be the king, surely. If you're playing with Dean Ashton up front, I th- Merth Godfather to my kids. <laughs> He's gonna kill me. <laughs> He's gonna absolutely kill. He, too fair. He, he won't listen to this. He won't listen to me. He thinks I'm boring. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Kenny. Yeah, I, I'll go with Kenny. Just be. Yeah, go with Kenny. That's that's a decent team. That, that sounds pretty so, good. I'll I'll ask you one more that will. Um, obviously, you could put Murph in if you want. But if, as your manager, who would you have as your assistant out of all the players? 
I was going to pick a coach then, but out of all the players, uh, Crammy. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, 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 can I pick Neil Baker? Absolutely, yeah. Is that okay? Because, Just because yeah. I, I, I was he was involved in, in both those play the playing promotion ones that you were involved in. So yeah, absolutely. He, he, and I'm not really spoke about him much, and I'm speaking of getting on a bit now. But he was, you know, I owe that guy so much, and everybody says it. He, you know, we're good friends. I speak to him now. Um, I owe him so much um, in terms of where I am today. He's a top, top man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not sure if you listened to the one we put out on Christmas Day with him, but yeah, absolutely superb. And yeah, I've listened to that, yeah. I sent him a message afterwards. his place as a, a crew legend, Neil Baker, for sure. He definitely is, and there's there's no doubt about that. He definitely is. How he's not in football still, I don't know, with the brains he's got. Well, he is in football, he's doing what he loves. He's spending some time at home with his grandkids and working for the other team he loves, Leek. So, you know, he is in football, but you know what I mean, professionally. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask, how's how's the under 18s looking like for sort of for the future? Yeah, very good. Um, got some some exciting players that you'll get to hopefully see. Um, you know, over the next three four years, a good pool of players coming. Might have to be patient at times, just to let them get to that stage. You know, it took a little while for some of the first team players to get to that stage. So, might just have to be patient. But we've got some exciting players coming in the next three to four years. And I mean, say three to four years. I mean, the, the scholars now. But it might take three years, two years for them to develop to what you know we want them to be. So you see the full potential of them. And I'm sure you won't because coaches never do. But have you got any names for us to look out for? No, all of them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some good players. There's some, there is some some good players. Um, but, you know, I, I won't be signalling anyone out. It's unfair. Fair enough. Um, okay, well, we're going to finish there, I think, Lee. Um, thank you for that. Um, talking all the way through your career, and then I, I really enjoyed listening to your opinions on the uh, players. And I, I hope you don't get in too much trouble with Luke Murphy or your boss <laughs> or anything like that when you're back we'll in. get in trouble with... with the boss now, will I? I've got I know, that's true. Team. No, he made it in, yeah. He'd be making anyone else on left out. That's true. So thank you so much for coming on. No worries. No, I really enjoyed it. And like I say, they're, they're great to listen to. It's good to yeah. hear the ex-players. Um, you know, you watch their journeys, but you don't really appreciate sometimes what the what's happening to them. So it's good to listen to them. Excellent. Yeah, well, we really appreciate you giving up your time to coming on. Uh, Neil and Steve, thank you for coming on as well. Thank you. Pleasure. Cheers, boys. And of course, thank you for listening. The podcast will be back on Monday with our regular podcast. So until then, goodbye. Blue.